Hey, good morning, everyone. My name is Nathan, and I'm the Somerville Location Pastor. I'm super excited to be with everyone this morning. My hope is that here at Reunion, um, you get a chance to find what I found, a family. And this morning, we're kicking off this brand new teaching series called Advent Conspiracy, where we're going to be looking at uh, this Christmas season, this season of anticipation, anticipation for a Savior, the coming birth of Christ. And we call it a conspiracy because our hope is really that we learn to do this season differently than we observe in the world around us. I don't know about you, with me, Christmas always makes me feel um, a little homesick, a little nostalgic, just kind of reminds me of Christmases growing up and times growing up. And it got me thinking about uh, this time that I was in high school. And I don't know about you, I don't know what your experience with church is. I grew up in church. Uh, I've been going uh, to church and to youth group uh, kind of my whole life. And I remember a time when um, I had this big crush on this girl in my youth group, because that's like the stereotype of what every youth group boy uh, does. And I was, I mean, I was like, I think I was 14 or 15 at the time. So I did all the stuff that you do when you're a 14 or 15 year old and you have a crush on a girl in your youth group, right? Like I made sure that we always ended up in the same small group together. Uh, I would hang out in the areas in uh, our building that I knew that she was gonna be at before youth group started each week. I made sure to find out if she was going to go to an event or if we had a group of friends hanging out, I was going to find out if she was there. Uh, I wanted to know. I even one time went to play tennis because I knew that she would be there. And I'm going to let you in on a secret. I hate tennis. I'm really bad at it, but she was there. Right. So I decided that I was going to go. And I did this for weeks. Honestly, I probably did this for months, but my brain is just trying to give me a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But uh, I, I just would constantly try to be around her. I always wanted to ask her out, but I never did, right? I was too nervous. I thought for sure she was going to turn me down. And one day I was hanging out uh, in kind of like our youth group space before our time started with one of our mutual friends. And we we're just kind of talking and all of a sudden she started asking me about her. And she asked if I was interested in this girl that I liked. And I said, yeah, I mean, for sure I am, but I don't, I don't think she's interested in me. I'll never forget. My friend looked at me and said, haven't you noticed how she always hangs out with you before our youth group starts or how she always tries to arrange herself to make sure that she's in your small group or how she even went to go play tennis with you. And I heard this and it gave me hope right? If I'm honest, it completely changed how I looked at the situation, right? I didn't have to fear rejection anymore. I knew that if I asked her out, she was going to say yes. So, I mean, I asked her out and you know how the story goes. She said yes. And we lived happily ever for the next year because we were still in high school, right? So come on, give me a little bit of a break. But you know, maybe you don't have this amazing life-altering experience like the story that I have. But I do think, if we're honest, many of us, we understand this idea that hope, it can change our perspective, right? When we have hope, we act differently. Maybe there was a time you applied to a college and you were so nervous about getting accepted. And then you realized a friend got accepted who had similar grades and you had hope. It gave you this chance to relax. 
maybe you were applying for a job and then you found out you knew someone who worked there and you were more at ease as you interviewed because you had this hope. I mean, honestly, in a year like this one, doesn't pushing through the uncertainty, doesn't pushing through the fear require hope? I mean, especially now as we approach this Christmas season, as we approach the end of the year, this long, frustrating year, I mean, the season that could be marred by frustration as we're tired, as work is ramping up for some of us, as kids are still in school online, as we're trying to figure out what it looks like to help them go to school online, as we miss life as it was, we want to grasp the sliver of joy this holiday season. We want something just to be hopeful about. And this morning, we're going to dig into a story in scripture where we see a lot of relationship tension. And I'm not talking about a teenager who was too afraid to ask a girl out, right? I'm talking about a man whose world was shattered. A guy who believed that he had been betrayed by the woman that he was engaged to. And who knew culturally the decision that he was supposed to make if he found out the betrayal was true. See, the Christmas story in Matthew's gospel, it opens up with the genealogy of Jesus, chasing Jesus's um, lineage all the way back to Abraham. But immediately after this, the story jumps straight into the story of this guy named Joseph. Not Jesus's birth, not Mary, his mother, not the shepherds, not the wise men. It's actually Joseph's story in Matthew that sets the stage for the coming Messiah. I'm going to pick this story up in Matthew 1, starting verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was, a fr- was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. And I just want to pause there. I mean, honestly... Can you imagine? Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Can you imagine? Joseph is engaged. He's working. He's trying to prepare a home and a life for Mary before he's allowed to take her to be his wife. He wants to set up an amazing life for Mary. And then he finds out while he is most likely away that she is pregnant. And he's, he's going to be heartbroken. He's going to be devastated. Now take a look at this next phrase. But after he had considered this. Now the English translation here, it doesn't really, it doesn't fully grasp the emotion that Joseph is feeling in this moment. The Greek phrase that's actually used here that we translate as considered this is emphimeomai. And this same phrase is used later on in Matthew's gospel, but the second time around that it's used, it's actually translated with the phrase became furious. See, we might miss this, but Joseph isn't in a stoic, emotionless consideration when he's thinking about these things. Joseph is angry. He is hurt. He is in mourning. I mean, the text even kind of suggests that he is experiencing this full emotion of wrath. 
anger to the most extreme degree. I mean, this is a broken man feeling the full anger of his brokenness. And then an angel shows up. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he, he will save his people from their sins. And now Joseph hears this, and he's still having these feelings, right? He is still knowing what he is supposed to do. He's still supposed to divorce her at the least. And see, even in his anger, he's divorcing her in quiet. And culturally, he should be advocating for a more severe punishment. You know, according to the culture of his time, he's already tempered his anger. I mean, at least that's how it would have been viewed. But after this conversation, see, everything changes. The story goes on. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. I mean, what causes someone to completely change direction in a moment as serious as this one? Hope. The angel shares this information about a coming Messiah, but it's Joseph's hope, his belief in this without affirmation that empowers him to take Mary as his wife, to raise this son. Hope came in in this season of darkness, and it changed everything. And this is much bigger in the Christmas story. Right In the entire Christmas story, this is a season that was marked by chaos, by brokenness, by corruption, by Roman domination, and hope entered into Joseph's story. And he was promised that God in human flesh was coming in the form of a baby. And when Joseph heard that, it changed him. J.I. Packer, he puts it this way, the Christmas message is that there is hope for a ruined humanity, hope for pardon hope of peace with God, hope of glory, because at the Father's will, Jesus excuse me, became poor and was born in a stable so that 30 years later, he might hang on a cross. See, that's what hope does. It changes the way that we live and move. And for those of us that call ourselves apprentices of Jesus, we know this to be true. There is no greater hope that we have than the hope of the gospel. See, this Advent season, we anticipate the coming of a baby, a savior, but we also know the end of the story. We know that baby grows up, becomes a man named Jesus, and shows us what it looks like to live for a different purpose and for a different kingdom in the here and now. And eventually he dies on a cross, he's buried in a tomb, and raises from the dead three days later. We have hope in the life, in the death, in the resurrection of Jesus. We know that it has the power to change our lives, to change our communities, and to change our world. 
And it is in that that we hope. We hope for a coming savior. We hope in the power of the gospel. We believe it to be true. And because we believe that it is true, we can live differently. So I just want to ask, where does our hope come from? You know, like I said, as we approach the end of this extremely difficult, extremely frustrating year, as we prepare to enter into the chaotic and what might be difficult season of Christmas, where does our hope come from? See, if our hope comes from this Chris, Christmas story, if our hope comes from God entering into the darkness, entering into and redeeming the story of humanity, it calls us to live different. It calls us not to live into the frustration of the holiday season. And I mean, honestly, I get it. Many of us just had Thanksgiving in a completely different way. As we look around our country, COVID numbers are spiking again. We're watching stuff shut down again. It feels a little bit like we just hit the reset button on this entire year. We're stuck in our homes. We are missing our friends. We are frustrated with our families. It would be easy to let anger and frustration win the day this Christmas. But hope, hope reminds us that even in extremely difficult times, we can live out love and grace. And we can do this even when our circumstances are screaming at us to respond differently. It calls us not to put our hope in the stuff of this holiday season. It reminds us that we can't outspend the brokenness in the world around us, but hope calls us to repurpose those finances for kingdom purposes. And really, this is what this Advent conspiracy is all about. That's why one of the four big ideas of Advent conspiracy is spending less, right? We don't have to go over the stats. We know how astronomical spending becomes during the holidays. And hope shows us that we can take those same finances and we can use them differently. That we can bless partners and organizations that are bringing forth glimpses of God's kingdom today. We can see the gospel in action. So as we hear about our organizations we're partnering with, as we hear about Pine Street Inn and Community Cooks and Fostering Hope and how they're taking just small steps to make the world a little bit more like it is in heaven. Let's let hope dictate how we engage. Let's let the hope of the gospel change the way that we live. Let's let the hope of God entering into the story through this Christmas season, let's let that hope fuel us to make things on earth as they are in heaven. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you that because you came, there's hope. Hope that things can be different. Hope that the brokenness that we see is not the ends. Hope that we can find ways to shed, spread love and grace in such a difficult season. Hope that justice will win the day. Hope that you will win the day. 
in a season that really in a lot of ways in a year that's just wanted us to lose that hope. I ask that you remind us of that today. And that brings us peace. And that brings us joy. And that leads us to action. We love you. Amen.